We're going to be in Psalm 23 tonight, a psalm you probably have never read before. Psalm 23. Speaking of missionaries, where we'll spend the last couple of days with Brother Scott Kuzel and his wife Donna and Elena. It's good to fellowship with these families that we partner with. Missions, missionary work in the New Testament was not just sending some money to an organization, never knowing who those missionaries were. There was a partnership, a fellowship together in the gospel. And we're glad that we can fellowship together with missionaries and know these families, pray for them, and get to know them. The same is true, of course, the Harris family. We're thankful they stopped by. Today they were so excited to know that I was retiring. They wanted to stop by and, and just see that there is hope for Mount Zion now that he's gone. No, I'm not gone yet, but anyway. Psalm 23. Let's stand together, please. Um, we've been going through some messages having to do with this theme of the shepherd and the sheep. We've not been in Psalm 23 yet before tonight, but this will be the fourth message. And um, I think it's a subject, if I could just introduce it this way, the, the whole theme of the shepherd and the sheep is a subject that holds a lot of implications for our lives. Uh, God wants us to see ourselves as sheep with him as our shepherd. You know, some people look at Jesus as being the Savior that delivers us and saved us from our sins, but he's not just a Savior that delivers us, he's our shepherd, which means he's always with us. He's involved in our lives. He's watching over us. He's protecting us. He's correcting us. And so I think it's important that we see ourselves not just as sons and daughters of God, but see ourselves as sheep, and he is our shepherd. And then, of course, I won't talk about this tonight, but we've mentioned it a few times already, that uh, the church ought to see themselves as a flock. The Bible refers to that. The church is a flock, and God has put a shepherd uh, to pastor, to feed the flock. That was the language that Peter had, feed the flock of God. So, so I think we need to really get this in our mind and get it in our heart. I think it would be a help to us. Psalm 23 and verse 1 the Lord is my shepherd, the Lord is my shepherd. That's really beautiful, isn't it? I shall not want. We'll look at some more verses in a moment. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight, and thank you for the privilege that we have to be here. Thank you for that which brings us here, the grace of God, the gospel, the work of God in our hearts, the desire to assemble, to worship you, to grow in grace, to fellowship one with another, to study the Word of God, to be obedient to you. Lord, these things, these things are the result, the fruit of your work in our life. We're thankful for it. And Father, as has already been prayed, we pray you'd bless tonight as we look into your Word. God, speak to us, encourage us, feed us as only the Word of God can, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord is my shepherd. You'll notice, of course, under the uh, number of the psalm, Psalm 23, it says it's a psalm of David. These are the words of David. David himself was a shepherd, and so he understood shepherding. You know, to be honest with you, I've never been a shepherd. Um, I've been a pastor, which is a shepherd, spiritually speaking, but I've never been a shepherd over physical sheep. 
But I read about shepherding, and we want to know about shepherding and imagine what it was like to be a shepherd. But David knew firsthand what it was like to be a shepherd because he was a shepherd. And David not only was a shepherd, he had a shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. So here the shepherd says he himself had a shepherd. And all of us who are saved have a spiritual shepherd, and it's the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Now, I just want to begin by just kind of thinking about the first part of that statement briefly. The Lord is my shepherd. Because I think if we would really give our mind to this tonight, all of us would say that we need to grow in our understanding of God. We need to grow in our faith. Trusting in the Lord is our master, is our provider. But really, really part of what helps us grow is not just refining our faith. Part of what helps us grow is refocusing on the object of our faith, which is the Lord. The Lord is our shepherd. So faith growing sometimes is not just improving our faith. It doesn't take a lot of faith, really. Faith of a grain of mustard seed. Jesus said, if you have, you could say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and it will be done. But our faith really grows when we gaze upon the one that we're trusting in. And so it's good to think about the Lord is our shepherd. Who is our shepherd? It's the Lord. It's the Almighty, the creator of everything that is. And he is our father. Jesus taught us to pray that way, of course. Our father, which art in heaven. But he's also, he's also our shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. And so it says here in verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Now I want to read through this uh, psalm quickly, the entire psalm, and I want you to follow along if you would. But I just want to just notice the personal pronouns, how many day, times David spoke of himself. You know, we heard a message Sunday night about the danger of being too self-centered and taking selfies and all that kind of stuff, you know, being uh, found in fashion, be fashionable. So I don't, think he, I don't think David had an ego problem, but he really was emphasizing, I believe, under the inspiration of God, the importance of his personal relationship. Well, let's look through it. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Speaks of himself. I, another personal pronoun, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever about one out of every seven words in that psalm is a personal pronoun about David that's pretty I, I think you'd have to admit that's that's pretty amazing quite frequently and I think it's because of emphasis the emphasis is on a personal relationship the Lord is not just a shepherd he's my shepherd the Lord is with me, I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. It's about his personal 
relationship. And so I think, I really think when we look into this psalm, and tonight we're just going to look at the first verse, when we look at this psalm, it's really emphasizing a personal relationship. You know, probably the most, one of the most frequent passages read in funerals is the 23rd psalm. And I wonder how many times people read this psalm and without really understanding that it's talking about an individual's relationship with the Lord. He's my shepherd, young person. He's my shepherd. And if you're saved, he's your shepherd. He's not just your parents' shepherd. He's not just your pastor's shepherd. He's your shepherd. It's one thing to say the Lord is a shepherd. It's another thing to say the Lord is my shepherd. He's my personal shepherd. You know, it's one thing to say, you know, I, I, I know this person and I think he would be a good friend and be able to say, I know this person and he's my friend. So what a difference that little pronoun my makes. The Lord is my shepherd. Is my shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Is my shepherd he cares about me. As he's my shepherd, he watches over me. That's what shepherds do. Isn't it silly? Not just silly, isn't it sad and tragic? That people who profess to have a relationship with the Lord may go hours and days and never think about him, not speak to him. May do things that are questionable in their life and never wonder, why do, you know, does, is God pleased with this? A shepherd is a hands-on oversight of sheep and God wants us to see ourselves like that as my as my shepherd it's one thing to say God loves God so loved the world but it's another thing to realize that God so loved me he's he's a personal savior he sought me out when I was lost I was that lost sheep he came looking for me I didn't even know he was looking for me but I know now he was he was looking for me he was searching for me he he himself he gave his life for us. Jesus said, I give my life for the sheep. He gave his life for us. So he's my shepherd. He's my shepherd because he brought me into the world. He's my shepherd because he redeemed me. He's, he's belong, we belong to him. Hold your place here if you would in Psalm 23 because we're going to write back to this. But let's go to 1 Corinthians for a moment. And I want to look a couple of verses up that... I could read them to you, but I think it'd be good if we looked at them ourselves. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, talking about the Lord is my shepherd. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19, Paul wrote to this church, Corinth, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and let's read these words together, ready? Ye are not your own. Don't you love that? You are not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. And I look at the next chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 23, he says, ye are bought with a price, be ye not the servants of man. So, so we, we're not our own, we, we belong to someone, we belong to the Lord. He's our shepherd, Jesus said, my shepherd 
know me and I have known of them. Jesus said, my shepherd, hear my voice, or my sheep, excuse me, hear my voice and follow me. So we belong to him. And uh, God wants us to relate to him as our shepherd. He leads us, he feeds us. We'll cover some more of that later. So we're back to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I want to just spend the rest of our time thinking about that phrase. I shall not want. What does that mean? What did David mean when he said that? Isn't that a positive confession? I shall not want. In other words, I'm so satisfied with the Lord as my shepherd that I know everything's going to be taken care of. That's a great thing to know. Uh, David didn't say I shall not want because of him, but because the Lord was his shepherd. If you're in uh, Psalm 23, turn to the right just a few pages to Psalm 34. Psalm 34, it's not about shepherding, but it is about not wanting. Psalm 34, 10, again, this is a psalm of David. He said, the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Isn't that good? Shall not. It's a confession. It's a confession. I think it's a confession of contentment. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. By the way, it's not just a confession of contentment for where he was. It's a confession of faith of where he's going to be. Because shall not means future tense. The Lord is my shepherd, I not only am not wanting now, but I shall not want. Because the Lord's going to take care of us. The rest of this Psalm 23, I'm back there now really lays out some practical ways that sheep are blessed by their shepherd. We're going to look at that tonight. But he, he gives us ways. You know, he'll, he's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. The shepherd is always with us. And I don't, you know, I don't know who else needs to hear this, but sometimes I just need to hear this, that I'm not alone. The Lord is with us. And... It doesn't mean, I shall not want doesn't mean that I'm always going to have everything I want. But, but I can depend on my shepherd to provide for me what I need. You know, it would be, it would really be um, a lack of faith and really a lack of contentment to go through life grumbling about what we don't have. We got a good shepherd and he's watching over us. And we can be confident that he's going to make sure we have what we need. It doesn't mean we don't have discomfort. It doesn't mean we don't have problems. The, the very person who wrote this, David, he knew what trials were. I mean, he was hunted by Saul. He was hunted like an animal. His son Absalom betrayed him. He had to walk away from Jerusalem weeping because of his son had stole the throne from him. But he, so he wasn't saying, I'm, if the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want. He's not saying I'm never going to have a problem. He said, I'm just trusting the shepherd's going to take care of me. And he does take care of us. Whatever stage of life we're in, it's a confession of contentment. It's not craving something or lusting after something. It's being content. 
hold your finger there, place a marker there. And let's go to Philippians for a moment, a couple of uh, places in Philippians, because I just want to use where Paul spoke specifically about Philippians chapter uh, 4, about this place of contentment. Philippians chapter 4, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 11, Paul is appreciating the care of this Philippian church toward him. And he says in verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want. I'm not saying this because I had a need that was not met. Notice this. For I've learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. By the way, just a little pop quiz. Where was Paul when he said, I've learned wherever I am to be content? Where was he? The Holiday Inn? No, he's in a Roman prison. Selah. <laughs> Think on these things. In a Roman prison, I've learned, he said, wherever I am. Shame on us when we're so quick to grumble about things and complain about things. Someone said it earlier today. Man, when we look at what's going on over there in the Ukraine, we don't have anything to complain about. I heard the president of Ukraine is calling in the Texas Rangers. That'll solve this problem, by the way. <laughs> Look down in verse 18. Paul says, but I have all and abound. I am full. Having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell and a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. God is... God's taking care of me, and I'm not complaining. Every need is met. And then he said this, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's a confession of contentment. I shall not want. A confession that David was saying, I am, I am deeply content in my shepherd." I was thinking about a, a song that gets sung periodically here. There's a special. Some of the words of the song says, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To added afflictions, He addeth His mercy. To multiply, multiplied trials, His multiplied peace. His love has no limits. His grace has no measure. His power, no boundary known unto man. For out of his infinite riches in Jesus, he giveth and giveth and giveth again. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I'm confident that God loves us, aren't you? I'm confident that he has our best interests in mind. I believe he's pleased with his sheep. I do this. I believe he is 
I believe He loves us. We're dear to Him. He cares about us. And He's a good shepherd. But I wonder how God must feel sometimes when the sheep are complaining and discontent, ungrateful for His work, for His provision in our life. I'm not, I don't know everything David was saying there in Psalm 23.1, but I know he must have been saying at least this, I am satisfied with the shepherd's management of my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, I've been reading some about shepherding and sheep and just enjoying it, really. But I just think about how just like there are all kinds of sheep, all sizes, all shapes, all smells, that there are all kinds of shepherds as well. I'm sure there's shepherds that don't take care of their sheep. There's shepherds that don't watch over their sheep. There's shepherds uh, that don't look out for the best interest of their sheep. But I think about the, the place that we were before we were saved. You know, we had a master that was horrible. He came to steal and kill and destroy. But now we have a good shepherd who takes care of his sheep. I thank God for salvation, don't you? You know, one of the greatest areas of misinformation, you hear a lot about misinformation in the news today because there is a lot of misinformation but one of the greatest cases of misinformation is this that if you somehow if you submit your life completely to God then somehow he's going to be this tyrant that's just going to make your life miserable what a lie that is what a lie that is he loves us and he watches over us and he takes care of us and any I believe any Christian that's really in the right place spiritual, spiritually, and they got their head on straight, and they're not listening to the world, and they're not listening to their flesh. They're just trying to abide in the Lord and in His Word. I think any Christian would say, if I had a thousand lives to live, I'd want to live every one of them as a Christian. Now, that's good to think about, because some young people get to thinking, you know, there might be, there might be some grass on the other side of the fence that's greener. And there may be, but it's probably because that's where the septic tank is. <laughs> you don't want to be over there. Amen. Amen. We're, we're thrilled we belong to the Good Shepherd. And you know, the greatest thing about this whole thing, and I mean, we think we're going to look at this in Psalm 23 a little further at another time, but the greatest thing about it is not just the provision, the things he would give us, companionship and food and healing and restoration the greatest thing is not the provision it's the provider the Lord is my shepherd we are the recipients of his expert care we are the benefactors the beneficiaries of his great love and I tell you we've got a good shepherd and we need him so when he says this I'm kind of looking toward the end now the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want What he's saying is that we can depend on him. 
and we need him and we can depend on him. There's something I believe, and I don't, I'm not, I can't say for certain that it's in every person, but I think it's in every person, something innate in our human nature. And that is to sort of think that we can, we can get by a lot of ways on our own. You know, we can, we can manage on our own. We're sort of, you know, a self-made man, so to speak. But I say that's not what God is looking for. God's looking for sheep who know how much they need a shepherd, who desperately need him. I was telling I was doing some reading. I've read this book of uh, Philip Keller's before. Maybe you've read it before. I've read it before, and I've kind of been glancing through it recently. It's called a, it's a Shepherd. A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. It's an interesting read. But in that, he gives this personal story. It has to do with this matter of I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because according to the author, one of the best sheep he ever owned, attractive, strong, excellent lambs, um, beautiful coat, excellent coat of wool. But here was the problem with this sheep. It was restless. It was discontent. It was always looking for ways to get through the fence, to get under the fence, to get out of its pasture. And not only did it have a wandering problem, but because she had a wandering problems, her lambs followed her. They were restless. And other sheep would follow, see this example, and they were influenced. So this is what the shepherd did with this sheep. Perhaps, he said, perhaps the best sheep I ever had. If you've got a weak stomach, you may want to close, cover your ears. He took it, he's, by his own word, he took out his killing knife and slit the throat of that sheep. It wasn't because the sheep wasn't beautiful. It wasn't because the sheep didn't produce good offspring. It was because the sheep was discontent, was not satisfied with what the shepherd was providing. Now I want to tell you, I think that's a good thing to think about tonight because the same thing can be true of believers. They're not content with the good shepherd's will. They're not dependent. God didn't make us to be independent of him. We're independent Baptists, but that doesn't mean we're independent of God. God didn't make us to be independent. He made us to be dependent upon him. And, the, and, and maturity is not thinking I can get through the day without praying and trusting in God. Maturity is not wanting to go through any moments of the day without depending upon God. And if you have the idea, well, I, I don't need God for all these little things that go on in my life, you're mistaken. We are, Jesus said we ought to pray about it, or the, Philip, Paul said we ought to pray about everything, and everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with everything. Let your request be made known unto God. So God wants us to be dependent upon him. You remember the words of the psalm, the songwriter, prone to wonder. We all have that in us, prone to wonder, not satisfied with the shepherd's pasture and his feeding. So to me, this is a, it's an inspired, a divinely inspired psalm. It's a wonderful psalm. Perhaps some of you have it memorized, but, but the, the, the first Verse to me is a great introduction. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so it'd be good tonight, I think, as we come to the end of the service and think about this, it'd be good to say, 
Think about this. It'd be good to say to the good shepherd, to Jesus, I shall not want. I'm going to be satisfied with your management of my life. I'm going to be content with what you have for me. I'm not going to spend all my time looking across the fence and saying, I wish I had their car or their house or their job or their family. I'm going to, be, I'm going to say, I'm going to be content that the good shepherd's going to bring into my life what I really need. I want to be content with God's will for my life. I'm going to be content with the way he manages my life. I really, my prayer is that as we study a few lessons on this subject, that at least somebody might begin to really understand more what it means to be a sheep that's under the good shepherd and that he's watching over us and caring for us. I don't want to be independent. I don't want to be self-reliant. I want to be dependent upon God. Why don't you tell the Lord tonight, I'm thankful that you're my shepherd. Jesus saw people that he was compassionate about and burdened about is wandering aimlessly like a like sheep without a shepherd. You ought to, if you hadn't thought about it lately or verbalized it lately, be good to say, Lord, I'm just glad that you're my shepherd, that you're watching over me. And by the way, if he's not your shepherd, he wants to be your shepherd. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. Tonight, I'm going to encourage you to spend a few moments tonight just thinking about this. Thinking about yourself as being a lamb, a sheep, and that Jesus is your shepherd. Tell him, Lord, I want to be, I don't want to be that restless, self-willed sheep. I want to be a submissive, dependent sheep.